This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Compassionate God, in love you formed us from the dust and gave us the breath of your own spirit. Because of our transgression, our breath fails, and we return to the dust from which we came. Renew us in our baptism that we might be reformed in your image and once again breathe your eternal spirit. The lesson is from Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I chose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom shall be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. 
So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. And when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, don't look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. When I, was, uh, when I was little, every now and then we would uh, be playing outside, and maybe you've done this yourself. You get in a circle, grab hands, and you start running around as fast as you can, saying, ring around the rosy, a pocket full of posies. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down, boom. You laugh, you get up, and you do it again, 50 times until you run out of energy. It always seemed such a cheerful chant to me growing up with delightful images of posies and rosies and I envisioned flower gardens until I learned the history that comes with that stupid saying. Apparently it came out of the Black Death in the 14th century when a third of the population of Europe died in the Great Plague, which would make itself manifest with little rosy-colored pustules on the skin, little rosettes. And the posies referred to, shall we say, air freshener put into the pockets of those who had died. The dust part, I think I get Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. If you look at artwork from that period of time, this wonderful, macabre sense comes out, and there are all these engravings of people going about their everyday jobs, their everyday activities, but in the background there are 
skeletons and corpses walking around with, with bow and arrows, with scythes, perversely picking one over another, taking one and leaving their companion. This plague and the severity of it caused people to think. They could not ignore death because it was right there in front of them. Right before their eyes and their noses. And so they had to think what it meant to be in the presence of death. And how best to defend themselves from it. The wealthy would leave town and close themselves up in their rural estates where they would party the days away, only to find that wealth and privilege was no defense against the ravages of disease. Some felt that it was their lifestyle that had brought this on themselves, and so they would engage in ascetic practices, fasting, praying, depriving themselves, only to find that Asceticism was no defense against mortality. Some would wall themselves off, close themselves off in separate rooms, refusing to heed the cries of their family members, refusing to care for them, only to find that walling themselves off was no defense against mortality. Of course, some things don't change all that much. We try some of the same things today. Some of the same defense mechanisms to protect ourselves from the same mortality that we see lurking in the background. Once the worst of the plague had swept over, it recurred from time to time until finally in the 1600s, Science caught up and they started figuring out how to eradicate it, how to protect themselves. And they got pretty good at it. Such that now when there's a measles outbreak, it's news. We got so good at it that once again, we've managed to ignore the skeletons behind us. Some of us think that by feasting, by partying, we can keep them at bay. And so we go for the gusto. We we grab on to each new thrill. The more ascetic among us think that being physically fit, being vegan or whatever, eating just the right diet will ensure our health Some of us wall ourselves off, whether physically or through alcohol or drugs or whatever else it might take to keep the pain of life away. But those skeletons are still there. Death is always just there behind us, 
not selecting one and not another, but simply selecting one first and then the other. Death still takes in a full harvest every year. And here on Ash Wednesday, we get our noses rubbed in that fact. We are mortal. When I was doing the kids, before I came in here, I did the imposition of ashes for them. And it was funny, some of them come laughing up and get it pasted. Some of them recoil in horror. And I think, you get it. (laughs) You get it. Or maybe not. Because mortality is not the problem. Mortality is simply the symptom. The problem is not that we die. The problem is that we think that's the end. We think that is the last word. The problem is that we wall off death and don't deal with it. But here at the beginning of Lent, We get these ashes smeared on our foreheads. We hear the words of that truth-telling to Adam and Eve so that we might be reminded just why it is that we need the gospel. If we don't understand that we are mortal, how can we understand our need for life? If we don't understand that we are broken, how can we understand the need for healing? If we don't understand the cross, how can we understand resurrection? And so here in the midst of Lent, the cross lies here in the midst of the people so that we have to literally trip over it as we come in to hear the news once more that death has been defeated. Here in this season of Lent, we once again come to grips with who we are. We learn to see ourselves in the harsh light of truth so that we might bring our whole self to God, there to find that God sees us, all of us, every part of us, every last dusty iota, and is redeeming it, claiming it, resurrecting it, bringing it to new life. Amen.